What is up? We are back. This is Football Life Presents the Audible episode 67 on this Tuesday, July 27th. And your screens might be a little bit bigger today. No Matt Bushnell. So we got two people filling in for the big man. And it's the big man himself, our fearless leader, wearing the crown, resident 49ers fan, Henry Maldonado Jr. Look at all that 49ers stuff, man. How you doing? Love it, baby. I love it. I'm, I'm good. I, I thought you were taking a shot at the weight when you said the screen's a little bigger. <laughs> no, 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 we got two two big men, two big NFC West fans here because Corey Decker is also joining us here, or is it Arizona Cardinals fan all the way out in Arizona? We got to have some Arizona representation in every show, apparently. Corey, how yeah. you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Everything has been in the low 100s here, so it's like spring. I see every time Matt has to give a weather update too. I don't understand. You're just throwing it in that you get some summer all the time. Like it can't stop raining up here. It's depressing. Uh, <laughs> but episode 67, you know, Henry, you, I think you and Vince and Dong City started the number game here. I got a number 67 off the top of my head for a football player, but this could be any sport. I have no discrimination towards any other sport. The guy I think of is Giants right tackle Kareem McKenzie. Uh, when they won those two Super Bowls, it was a great right tackle for them for uh, almost 10 years, actually. So that's the first guy I think of when I think of number 67. Henry, you got one for me. I, I don't have one off the top of my head, but talk about Homer pick. Well, you know, you, you always go with your teams, right? You know your team's better than I most don't. Players. I do not. We choose better, the best players at the numbers. There we go. <laughs> All right, Corey, what about you? I had to look one up named Bob Kuchenberg. Okay. Looks, looks right, like so we'll go with Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, it's a traditional uh, offensive lineman number, so I don't expect everyone to know yeah, 67 exactly. off the top of their head. Sometimes you get a good random reliever in the 60s, so, you know, that can be a thing too, but uh, 67 is pretty pretty random. But, uh, yeah, NFC West week, this is why we have these two men on the show today. It's going to be a good one, uh, and we're going to start with the team that I, th- I would say probably Henry hates the most. I don't know about you, Corey, um, but I've, after knowing Henry for five years now, I have a feeling like he really just dis- has a great disdain for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, oh, God, yes. And we are going to start Sorry. with the team at the uh, Pacific Northwest. Uh, and it's crazy because this is the year 10 now for Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, uh, it makes me feel super old. Um, but nonetheless, uh, these two have been together for now for a decade, and it's kind of crazy to think about. But Russell Wilson is still, I would say, an elite quarterback, although the second half of the year he had last year, not ideal. Um, and the Seahawks' second half of the year in general, also not ideal. But they were still NFC West champions, but I think coming into this year, the expectations might shift a little bit here. Um, Henry, I'll start with you because I know your feelings on Russell Wilson in general and your, your opinions on the Seahawks. In Actually, general. I don't hate Russell Wilson. I always give Russ a ton of credit. Okay. I, I look at Russell Wilson the way I look at Pedro Martinez. Okay. It's a guy that you respect and you just get to say, yo, I got to see that dude play. And I think every mobile quarterback, kind of wants to be what Russell Russell Simmons <laughs> what Russell Wilson is um I do feel he's kind of slowed down a little bit with the legs you know especially but Russ is you know you, you're going to start talking Hall of Fame eventually with Russ and and you got to respect the game the team fuck them Fuck Richard Sherman when he had that jersey when he was with us I got it I got the Sherman I, I'm not going to say I liked them but I respected him when he was with us. Was that like a Johnny, Johnny Damon situation for you? I think I hated Sherman a lot more. Okay. Yeah. All right. I you mean, know, yeah, it makes Sherman, sense. Sherman was, was a shit talker, that's for he, sure. He, he found the fountain of youth. Um, he got really better when he aged and, and 
think he should shift over to safety. I think I've been saying that three years now, mm-hmm. but he, he did well. He, what he brings to you off the field and in that locker room, you, you, you see it. So I think uh, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. Uh, Richard Sherman in the news for negative reasons recently. Uh, yeah. An arrest and some uh, DWI, I believe, and some mental health problems. So hopefully Richard Sherman gets that situated. I, I was hoping it was a mistake until I saw the video. And I'm like, yeah. which team is signing that door? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw the Jets a lot. The Salah connection made a ton of sense. But I think now teams are going to back off a little bit until that gets situated. Anyway, Russell Wilson. Um, the concern for me always early on was – this mobile quarterback can't ever last. You know, I just thought he was going to get hit too much and maybe an RG3 type situation. But Russell Wilson could not be any more different than Robert Griffin III. He glides really well. He's obviously a professional baseball player or could be a professional baseball player if he wanted to be. Um, he's a great passer of the football, so he runs even less now, I would say. So I, I, I don't have those longevity concerns anymore with Russell Wilson. Corey, uh, 10 years into Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll – um, what do you make of them coming in now, 10 years in? Uh, I feel like the Cardinals, more than any other team, have kind of had the Seahawks number here. Yeah, it's it's been the weirdest series ever because in the past six meetings, it's always been the road team that's won this yeah, series. That's right. You know, we've always split it, and that's one of the weirdest streaks in football to me. Um, Russ coming back this season is a little bit of a head-scratcher for me because – in January and February, he had all that stuff about, well, I'm not going to be traded, but if I was traded, I like these four specific teams. Yep. And you could you could tell at the at the second half of last year, they went from letting him cook to just they started to prioritize Carson in the offense, and I still think that rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah, it's, it, I felt like he really let the MVP thing go to his head almost, right? I think, like, everyone was like, oh, he never even had an MVP vote. And now everyone, he was, like, making a push to get it. And I thought in the first few games he had a chance, and then he kind of steadily declined. In the second half of the year, he absolutely fell off. Uh, and Jacob Anthony Moses, our friend in the comments, said, Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson. So, yeah. <laughs> unlimited. Unlimited. Uh. <laughs> I, have a, I have a different take on that. Okay. I think Russ has always been that quiet guy, and – what you saw was what you see with every franchise quarterback, which is they kind of want their hands mm-hmm. on the construct of the team. Yeah. And he felt they didn't do that. And you kind of saw a little power play between him and Pete Carroll, who was a massive piece of shit, by the way. <laughs> um, so you, you saw that power play. I don't think anyone thought Russ would win it, but they got it settled. Well, we'll see because he's a free agent this year. So. I mean, that's a good point because there were trade rumors surrounding him. The Bears apparently made a huge offer for him, and the Bears were on one of the teams that he said he would have gone to. So that's interesting. I think it is crazy that, to your guys' points that, like, going back six months ago, Russell Wilson being on the Seahawks was not a for sure thing. Um, but Seattle comes back with Carol and Wilson. Stability matters in the NFL. So I, I like that part of the Seahawks, the coach-quarterback relationship. However – and this is a big, however, the combination of the bad ending in 2020 and their roster as a whole does not make me love them in 2021. Now, um, I always base kind of my roster evaluations on the projected starters um, on NFL.com. They do one for every division and every team in each division. Um, they have some good playmaking talent. Uh, I like DK Metcalf. Uh, I like Tyler Lockett. Both of those guys, I mean, they paid Lockett a ton of money. Chris Carson is good, but he's always hurt, and that's a big issue. They brought in Gerald Everett at tight end. I like that. The offensive line at best is middle of the pack. 
And I think if you have one injury to Dwayne Brown or uh, Brandon Shell, who is it was fine, Gabe Jackson's fine, um, then you're in real trouble in protecting Russell Wilson. And on the defensive side of the ball, they have good talent at the high end, but then when you get past those guys, it's pretty bad. Uh, Carlos Dunlap they required last year. Uh, he was pretty good for them. Uh, Bobby Wagner is one of the best middle linebackers in the entire sport. He's damn good. Um and then you have Jamal Adams. And then after that, it falls off of a cliff. So there's three guys who are good football players. And then I don't really love much else at that point. Um, besides Russell Wilson and the offense having an incredible year, Henry, do you really fear the Seahawks at all as far as roster construction goes? Because I don't. So he, here's the thing with the 49ers defense. While it's an amazing defense, it is susceptible to letting running quarterbacks kind of you know, run game and, and extending the plays. And I don't think there's anyone better at that after Patrick Mahomes than, you know, mm-hmm. Russ. So he gives us fits there. I think their secondary is trash. And I think that this team can be beat with the long ball mm-hmm. all day. Yep. I mean, their secondary, DJ Reed, Akello Witherspoon, Ugo Amadi. I don't know who the hell that is. Whatever the hell that is. Uh, and then Quandre Diggs on the other side of Jamal Adams, which at least I've heard of that guy, but I don't think he's, you know, anything to really be that afraid of. Um, look, I just look at the roster and I'm underwhelmed. Like you have Dwayne Eskridge as your third wide receiver. If you have one injury to Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, that's going to be a struggle. If Chris Carson goes down, that's going to be another struggle. And then where's the pass rushing coming from outside of Carlos Dunlap? I don't see a ton. You know, the, at least when they had Clowney, the threat was always there. Um, that's long gone. This team has fallen off so hard from the Legion of Boom to where they are now. Like that was such a respectable defense and secondary. And now it's just kind of like Russell Wilson's team. Uh, and I understand his frustration for not having any roster control because look at this roster. How can you not be looking at this roster and be like, oh, I'm really impressed by all their depth and all of the, you know, non holes they have because they have a ton of them. Um, or you look at this, I think your, your Cardinals are poised to just give this team fits, especially because your offense is so spread out and so fast. But in general, um, the Seahawks roster is definitely a far cry from 10 years ago when Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll first took over. Yeah, and I think the biggest asterisk to the Seahawks having success this season is, is their offensive line. Mm-hmm. If you look at the statistics of their playoff loss to the Rams, they – sorry, I have the thing here on the ringer – he was pressured on almost 50% of the snaps. He's on pace to be sacked more than any other QB since 1970, not named Brett Favre. Yeah. And they didn't do anything to address the offensive line. I, I'm a very big fan of Russell Wilson. I think he's a fantastic quarterback. Mm-hmm. But when your quarterback has no time to throw, you have no shot at success in this league. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um... – I guess the only thing I would say that could help them is that they, you know, despite the offensive line, I think, like I said, it's not as bad as it once was, but I do think it's at best middle of the pack. So that's still not great. I mean, the thing I do like, and I'm going to look about his name up they, here. They did add Gabe Jackson. That was, yeah, that's, Gabe, that's a yeah. nice addition. Yes, absolutely. Um, not bad. Now they just go the other side. So <laughs> the only thing, the other thing that can help Russell Wilson here is they, they have a new offensive coordinator. His name Shane Waldron. Um, I can't tell you that I know anything about Shane Waldron, but he can run an offense that helps Russell Wilson. And that means 
Um, running the ball more, quick slants, getting the ball out of his hand. Don't, I mean, I know him, him making plays with his feet is part of the game plan here, but also don't let him sit back there for 10 seconds only to get killed eventually. So um, I, I think Shane Wal- uh, Waldron, from what I've read, uh, he's going to run a similar offense to the offenses that already exist in the division. The only problem is I think the Rams have a much better offensive line. The 49ers definitely have a better offensive line. And the Cardinals, I think, have a, a, at least a slightly better offensive line. So that's going to be a major concern but I'm interested to see what he does. So uh, I'm going to share my screen now and show you the the schedule for them this year. Um, We can go down and we can make our predictions for them as as we see it. But in the comment section, I want to point out, uh, (laughs) Jacob (laughs) also says Jamal Adams might be their best pass rusher. That's a very valid point. Um, Yeah. They're going to pay him a ton of money and he's a safety who might be their best pass rusher. So that just goes to show how flawed their roster is in general. Um, I like Jamal Adams, Henry, and I know you do too, but that's that's not ideal when you're when your box safety is probably your best pass rusher. No, it's not, but I he is a playmaker and a difference maker. That he's he's absolutely amazing. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Um, and if he's healthy, he missed a ton of games last year too. I think that's important to note too. Um, Corey, you look at the schedule here. I think all this NFC West is the best division in football. Um, and I don't think I can't believe, I can't believe I've gotten you know 15 minutes into the show and I haven't said that already. But every one of these teams could make the playoffs. Like I could see a scenario where all of these teams make the playoffs um, and all of them could make runs to, you know, the Super Bowl. Um, the Seahawks, I think less so. I think the roster really is flawed to the point where I don't know if that's possible, but with the quarterback and the coach, anything uh, can happen with them. Um, so here it is, the schedule. They start off uh, two uh, AFC South matchups at the Colts. Um, I think both of these teams are tough. But uh, Seattle at home has always been better this year. They get fans back. So all of the home games here, um, they need to take advantage of, especially, you know, I I know the Cardinals thing is kind of an aberration, but nonetheless, uh, at home, they usually take care of business. Outside of the division schedule, it's not the worst thing ever, but it's also still kind of challenging. Um, I think they get (laughs) that you look at the Steelers, who um, I think could totally bottom out this year. The Packers got big news today, so they're going to be a challenge challenging team with Aaron Rodgers coming back. Um, New Orleans, I think will be pretty bad this year, but Washington's tough. Houston will be a nice uh, get right game for them. The bears uh, remain to be seen by week seven, week 16, the lions. uh, I don't really think they're going to be that great, but um, the Seahawks to me feel like they're in that eight, nine win range, but um, I don't know. Do you see it bottoming out any worse than that Henry at this point? I actually have them at nine wins. Okay. Yeah. I have them at nine wins. I have their losses being uh, to the Titans the Vikings, the Niners away because they always play us tremendously at home. Uh, Green Bay I have as a loss, and I have Washington just smoking them. Mm, I'm on that football too, by the way. Yeah, I have Washington absolutely smoking them. I have them losing to the Rams, and I have them losing to the Bears. So that's – and the Cards once. Okay. I mean, so they're splitting with the division. That's that's a 9-8 and record right there. Okay. Corey, what about you? You look at the schedule. What do you think? Yeah, I'd have uh, I I have pretty much what Henry has, despite uh, despite one. I think that the Rams will sweep them. Okay. I think that when you have the attack that the Rams have on defense against that Seattle offensive line, I, I don't see Seattle winning either of those games. I okay. wish so I have I them at eight say, wins. I I like to look at backup quarterbacks. I I just. That's just my thing. I love looking at the backup quarterbacks. Geno Smith is the backup quarterback here. One rust injury in the season's a wrap. 
It's over. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. a straight rap. I always find Seattle super. Alex McDowell, uh, yeah, no. No, you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're also once it gets hurt, you're done anyway. That's for sure. Um, I, I think Seattle's always super interesting with their travel schedules because they are so far away from every other team. So they always seem to travel more than any others, but it doesn't look like they have uh, you know, no, no trips to Florida. So that that's probably good for them, but uh, they do go to Minnesota. They go to Pittsburgh, they go to green Bay and they go to, to Maryland when they play the Washington football team. Uh, they go to Texas. So, I mean, there are some long trips there, but it yeah. seems like it's pretty tame compared to, to other years. So that could be good for them too. But nine, eight, uh, eight, nine wins feels, feels right for, for the, uh, the Seahawks this year. I think we're all going in that range. Henry said nine. Corey, you got nine too? I got eight. Eight. All right. Remember, 17 game schedule. So it's either eight, and nine or nine and eight. There's no more 500 teams unless right. you have a tie. Right. Um, the Seahawks are weird. I could absolutely see them tying though. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. The Seahawks are super interesting, but ultimately they could be the worst team in this division, which is crazy to think about uh, given their quarterback and coach. It's funny you say that. I think that's going to be the case. Same. We'll see. And, I, and like I said, it's the best best division of football. I could absolutely see them being, you know, relevant again, you know, 10-7, 11-6, and they're like, oh, we're still the Seahawks, but I got to see them play better before, uh, at least, you know, on paper, I don't see that happening. All right. Corey, it's the most exciting time of the day for you, my friend. It is the Arizona Cardinals segment of the show. Um, and one of the most exciting uh, quarterbacks in the league uh, you have on your team. And I, Colt I have- McCoy! Colt-, <laughs> uh, Colt McCoy beat the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle last year, I might add. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a- yeah, he did. But he did. Um, but Kyler Murray, um, who got a ton of Russell Wilson comparisons coming out of college. I think anytime you have a short uh, mobile quarterback like that, he's going to get Russ comparisons. I think they're very different. Um, I just think Russ, you know, being much smaller than uh, the Kyler being much smaller than Russ makes him a little bit different. And I think the offenses are much different in general, but Kyler, he got, he's got the little legs, the way he runs around. I think Russ is a little bit more smooth. I think they're both decent sliders, but I think Kyler's arm, believe it or not, might be a little bit better. Uh, Russell has a little loft on the deep ball and everything is great in every, in every aspect. But I think Kyler, when he's healthy, has an absolute cannon for an arm. Uh, but this is year three now for Kyler Murray, Corey. And I want to get your thoughts on what you, ex- what your expectations are coming into the season. I expect MVP votes and that's because the past couple of years, you know, he's really shown just a steady trajectory from, you know, when he first got in and he couldn't really read defenses last year, he made a lot of strides, especially earlier in the season. And he's really committed to being an offensive leader this off season. And he's, he's starting to, you know, get in touch with his teammates more. He's starting to perfect his craft. I I expect I don't expect him to win, but I expect MVP votes for Kyler Murray this year. That's interesting. I mean, you have the talent around them, uh, around him to do that. I would say, um, but MVP votes. I think that's a fair thing. I mean, I, I mean, I think if he stayed healthy last year, he might have gotten some anyway. But who knows? Um, Henry, what about you, Kyler Murray? Uh, I feel like it's just like another new challenge for your team to face another young quarterback who's just going to give you fits always, right? So the good thing about Kyler last year is when we let him run around, because that's what he does, he, he killed us with his legs and he extended plays. You saw the difference between him and Russ. He mm-hmm. eventually made that mistake. He made one cut too many, extended the play too long, and usually got hit, thrown out, hit out of bounds, 
something. I think you'll see that progression. And I give the kid credit. I originally thought it was a foolish move to not take the baseball contract because mm-hmm. of, from what I understand, he was a better baseball player, which is insane to think about, by the way. Um, I didn't, th- I thought he was going to be a bust, but this kid just seems to get better and better. And, and he's just something to, to marvel at. And he's, he's definitely Rush Jr. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a totally a good point. I think a lot of that comes from maturity on Russ's end. Um, you know, he had transferred already in college and he, he already had that um, good decision-making ability. And I think some of that's on coaching too. And that's kind of where we'll get to Cliff Kingsbury in a second. But in general, uh, you're right, Kyler is more prone to those mistakes than, than Russ is at this point. But you can't help but to watch the Cardinals and watch uh, Kyler and just feel like we're watching the future at the position. I mean, I don't think every guy is going to be as short as, short as Kyler, but I think the mobility and the ability to to run around and, and kind of make these plays like it's sort of, sort of almost like Archie Manning-esque. Um, when you see like old Archie Manning highlights, he was running back and forth and making guys miss and then turning it into something. I mean, we've had mobile guys like that, but Kyler, just something about him just makes me think that he is a little bit more unique than uh, some of the guys we've seen in the past. So I, I am, I, I totally, I don't know if I expect MVP votes, but I expect him to take the leap and become a top, uh, if he's not already a top 10 guy, definitely a top 10 guy. Uh, and then a guy who can potentially lead this Cardinals team to the postseason because now it's the time with this roster. And, I, I, and it's an interesting roster in the sense of the transition to the off season that the Cardinals have had. So they let, uh, they lose their running back. Uh, Corey, remind me of what he was last year. Uh, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, thank you, who signed with the Oakland Raiders in the offseason. So they had, they're all in um, on, uh, his name is escaping me too, but Chase Edmonds. They're all in on Chase Edmonds, and then all of a sudden they bring in James Conner of the Steelers. So now it seems like there's a little bit of a 50 50 situation. I, I don't really know what I, to expect with the, the I like back. that move for them. I do like that move because I, I think in general you can do running back by committees, it's just smarter. Um, but um, AJ Green, they brought in the vet um, opposite side of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they drafted Rondale Moore in the second round, uh, so their receivers are are deep as hell. Um, and then you bring in um, JJ Watt was the was the big signing in the offseason. I don't think anyone ever had him going to the Cardinals, but I think they offered him the most money by far. Uh, you draft Zayvon Collins in the first round. And then you sign Malcolm Butler, who all of a sudden is like your best corner. So I, I, overall, Corey, you look at the offseason moves for the Cardinals. What do you make of them? Because I think some of them are good, and then some of them are like a little questionable decisions, I think. It looks it looks to be like Steve Kime sort of saw what I saw in the final two games last season because we we could have right, wrote our own ticket. We, we won one of those last two games. The Bears would have been knocked out of the playoffs. We wouldn't have had heard – Hear Matt, Matt Bushnell flex about it, mm-hmm. winning win for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the team went out there and they overlooked the Niners with a third string quarterback. They overlooked the Rams with a fourth string quarterback from the Canadian Football League, I believe. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the moves have to deal with culture. They overpaid for JJ Watt because he's a proven leader on the Texans. And then there's my favorite move that's pretty understated was they went after uh, Rodney Hudson. That's a good point. I forgot about that. And they got him on the team. So I, I don't think there's a lot of flashy grabs. I'm still not a hundred percent on board with AJ green, but I think it's, I think they put importance on bringing in veterans that can prevent whatever that was those last two games from happening because they gave up. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, culture is so underrated and important in, in sports in general. So I, I, I think that is a good point. Um, I think one person in particular is not totally thrilled with the, with the J.J. Watt signing and with the Cardinals in general, and that's Chandler Jones, who has now – has he officially requested a trade, Corey? Yeah, he requested a trade a while ago. And, like, I don't know if he's – I don't know if it's because of J.J. Watt. I'm not saying uh, it is in general. Well, because he was he was part of the recruiting team, he promised JJ a, to cook him a meal, okay. you know, when he got here. And he's officially requested a trade. I think that he wants to be paid big bucks in the future for what he's done in the past. And he's about 31, 32 years old. I forget which exact one. And and the team is just not going to give a supermax contract to a lineman that missed a lot of last year based off of stuff he did two years ago. Yeah. yeah. I I do think Chandler Jones does bring your defense to the next level. So I would hope you guys can mitigate that situation as best you can, because him, well, I think I like, I like a lot of the players on your defense already, but you, he elevates the the rest of the team around him. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's foolish. If he's asking for a trade, he'd be better off staying there, having guys like Watt and Lawrence make him a better player, make that team better and then get paid in the off season. I think that's his plan because he showed up to training camp today and he was full participant. I, look, I think I think for the most part we know that no show to training camp bullshit doesn't work. No, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it, 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 I, you rarely see it work, if ever. It's just it, it's dumb. One thing is, is that- Kingsbury. I want to see what, what Kingsbury does with that team because there's a lot of addition and there's mm-hmm. a lot of guys that are big names but maybe a little past their prime, like you know. Uh, Connor is nice. Watt, he's not Watt. You hear J.J. Watt, you think, you know, massive. J.J. Watt's not that guy anymore. Malcolm Butler's not that guy anymore. Those are big names. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to get that veteran leadership out of them and, and have them maximize as much as possible um, with, you know, the younger players. Yeah, and you brought up my biggest concern with this team in general outside of the secondary, and it is Cliff Kingsbury. He got outcoached by Kyle Shanahan, by Sean McVay, by Pete Carroll, all the other coaches in the division kind of figured this guy out, it seems. So, Corey, I'll, you're the Cardinals fan. I rely more on you for this kind of thing. But do you have any faith in Cliff Kingsbury to kind of make this work? Because as Henry said, there's a lot of new pieces here, but also he already had his own issues to, to solve. So is Kingsbury the right guy for this? Or are they kind of rolling out there with him regardless of what happens in 2020? I'm so on the fence. I really like Cliff because he's been man enough to start making changes during the season. Like when he first started, it was all about the air raid barely had any plays with Kyler under center, barely had any any run plays, ran pass plays about 90% of the time. Then he started to change in his play calling and stuff like that. But I'm a little worried because there is a lot of new personalities and stuff coming in. And he strikes me as a guy that's a little bit go by the flow and he doesn't really seem to put a ton of order. I'm not saying he needs to be Joe Judge and make it do push-ups. <laughs> but somewhere Vince is catching to... wood. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gotta he's gotta assert a little bit of dominance. And I don't think he's done that. I don't think he's earned the respect of the locker room. I, I can tell you firsthand, he like Randy said, he was out coached. 
those two Niner games last year, every time Shanahan made an adjustment, Kingsbury did not and just got exposed yeah. time after time. You just saw this was his game plan, and if it, if it didn't go according to game plan, there was no adjustment. He just kept doing the same thing over and over, even though it, it was getting stopped or, or the Niners were exposing them on defense. It, you saw no adjustment, so that, that's a legitimate concern for that team. Yeah. I, I, I always like – uh, Kingsbury's offense. I think he runs the a, a spread pro style offense, but he was never a great head coach in college, no matter where he was. And Tim getting this gig, I think was primarily uh, due to Kyler Murray, right? I think that he, they thought his system fit Kyler perfectly. Um, but I do worry about him um, not being able to adjust mid game. As Henry just said, it's like your, your offense is your offense. That's great. But then when somebody comes and punches you in the mouth, you got to make changes. Yep. Football's a long game. You know, at halftime, you can't just go out there and be like, play our game, execute, do this. No, sometimes you have to play accordingly to what the defense gives you. Um, and sometimes Cliff is not capable of that. The other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, and Henry, I, 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 this is a weird season. This is a whole thing with this pandemic, but DeAndre Hopkins is one of these guys who is pretty outspoken about not getting vaccinated. And I don't care if you want to get it or not, that's your prerogative. But when you're outspoken about it, and I think, you know, sometimes your teammates might resent you for it. If you don't want to get any present an argument for it, that's one thing, but to be outspoken about it, I think your the rest of your team might go, Hey man, you know, just, just chill. Like it's all like, don't worry about it. We got you. You got your back. But once, once you become outspoken about it and create distractions is when I think you start to lose it. So Corey, are you worried about that part of it at all? Cause I'm not saying like, this is going to be a thing for some teams, obviously. And we've seen it with the Washington football team and the Buffalo bills, but um, when you have one guy who's clearly more outspoken than others, um, I think it could affect the locker room a little bit. I think it could. And it's such a hard issue because I'm not really worried about DeAndre Hopkins, like, catching it. Right. I'm, more wor- I'm more worried about him skipping out on, like, a test or something because, like, last year he barely showed up to practices as is. Mm-hmm. So it's just such a weird thing. As far as the locker room, Arizona is one of the lowest uh, lowest teams as far as percentages of vaccinated. So I think the majority of that locker room agrees with them. Mm. Okay. Yeah. See, the, 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 that's the downside that social media brings. Like we love access to players. Right. We, we love everything that comes to social media and players, but there's no PR person in your ear saying, hey, don't say that. Don't say right. it that way. And I think I understand what he was saying. I do too. I, just, I, I think he just was, wasn't was very articulate about it. That's the big thing. How you because, present yeah. things is so important. I th- Holy shit, it's pouring. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just heard it. Put it here too, bro. It's doing yeah. it here too. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, now I, I'm going to go off a little and talk, let's talk about the policy because I think the problem is with the policy. Yes. The policy says if an unvaccinated player or players are in an outbreak, they will get docked and the team may forfeit that game. My problem with that is that policy does not match the science. Mm. The science says the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting COVID. It says it reduces your symptoms if you catch it. So if your policy is I'm going to penalize the non-vaccinated players, well, now we have a problem because that doesn't match the science of everything. And I think that's kind of where he was going. And I just think it it was articulated poorly. 
Absolutely. And I think uh, Cole Beasley in Buffalo has articulated his argument pretty poorly, although, you know, maybe it's just a poor stance to take in general on his side of things. He took more of a political stance. If your argument is health related and long term effects of this stuff, I have no issue with that. And you could say I'm just concerned about that. Look, I'm not worried about any professional athlete dying from this sort of thing. And we've seen it affect these guys. I think that's we've, we've seen that. We, we had a player in baseball that almost died. I mean, it, it's very possible. Yeah, it's not saying it's impossible, but in general, these guys are the healthiest, um, best shaped people out there. Yeah. So in general, if they get it, I'm not totally concerned about them. Right. Um, to me, it's more about um, trying not to spread it to other people. It's always been about that for me is hopefully not giving it to someone who, who could infect. Right. You see um, a guy like Andy Reid and you get nervous if a player gives it absolutely. to him. Absolutely. So, um, Corey, it's a good point about the rest of the team not being vaccinated either. I didn't really take that into consideration. So when all I know is when you have players at answering questions about something that's not football related about what they're doing to prepare for the season, sometimes they take an issue with that. Um, so Just I'm make sure they're going to forfeit games. Make sure it's the games against the Niners. <laughs> well, we're going to see when they play the Niners now because I'm going to pull up their schedule here. Corey, this is the best uh, visual schedule I could find. We, we got to get the Cardinals uh, digital team <laughs> a little bit better. Yeah. Because they were the biggest pain in my ass to find the schedule. Um, but nonetheless, this has had everything else. Trove.com. <laughs> yeah. So thank you to whatever that is. But uh, you know, helps doesn't help. It doesn't help that you have you share a team with the St. Louis Cardinals or a team name was the St. Louis Cardinals, the Louisville Cardinals. There's a lot of Cardinals out there. That doesn't help either. But uh, nonetheless, you should have a print. Every team should have a principal schedule on their website for me to pull up for these. And you know, Absolutely. maybe I'll file a complaint to the league about that. Anyway, good luck. Yeah, it's not going to work. Uh, look, I, you, you play your division, and as we said, the division uh, is pretty good. <laughs> so already I'm not too thrilled about it. Um, and it's a lot of similar teams as the Seahawks, except you play the third-place schedule. So you get Dallas. Um, you get – what is the other difference here? Um, is it – you tell me, Corey, you've looked at this. You get – uh, no, Not Jackson, but Carolina. Carolina. So is that it- – yeah, Carolina was the other team. So you get Sam Darnold. That's not always bad on the schedule either. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I'm much more optimistic about the Cardinals roster, uh, especially with Chandler Jones and a healthy Kyler Murray. So automatically I would just assume that they have a better record than the Seahawks. And I'll just say off the top of my head here, going down the line, I like 10 and seven for them, but I could totally see a possibility where they struggle to win a game in the division. And the only game they win might be against the Seahawks, or maybe they win two against the Seahawks. But in general, I don't know how they beat the Rams and I don't know how they beat the Niners, especially if the Niners are healthy. I think those two are definitely juggernauts in this division. I don't know how you feel, but in general, 10 and seven, I would say while going, let's say one and five in the division, I could definitely see. Yeah, I've got, I've got them at 11 wins. Okay. Um, I think that the games against the Rams, I mean, we haven't beat the Rams. We haven't beat the Rams since they were St. Louis. Like, that's a true stat. Since since Sean McVay came the coach, we haven't beat the Rams. So I believe they came back to Los Angeles in 2016? 27? Yeah. Okay. Let me – I'll have to look at if that St. Louis that thing is, is correct. <laughs> That is amazing, Corey. <laughs> I'll have to um, look that up, but we haven't beat them with Sean McVay. Yeah, Sean McVay is a, is a good coach, so that's you know that's tough. Um, other tough games not in the division at Cleveland. Uh, the Browns, I think, are totally legit this year. That they are not going to be an easy team to beat by any means. Uh, Green Bay, getting them at home is nice, but still going to be a tough team with Rodgers back now. Um, 
And then Indianapolis, I would say, is tough. And Dallas is a high-scoring offense, but I do think you're better than Dallas in general. So um, I think you can take care of business with the rest of the schedule here, the Vikings, the Titans, the Jags. Uh, you could probably end up winning two of the three of those. Um, we'll see. I mean, at Tennessee is maybe a little bit more of a challenge, but Minnesota at home, you should win that game. At Jacksonville, probably should win that game too early enough in the season. But in general, I think your biggest problems are coming in division this year. So that's why mm -hmm. uh, I could see you really struggling. And you have some high-end coaches in the division too. So um, I think that's going to make you make for a tougher time too. Um, Henry, you look at the schedule. What do you think? You you guys are going to think I'm nuts. I think Corey's nuts finding 11 wins on that schedule. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I have them in nine and eight, same record as I have Seattle. Okay. I think they're going to have a lot of tough losses, you know, a lot of field goal games, but uh, I ultimately have them in nine and eight. Let me see uh, real quick here. Their losses coming to Cleveland, San Fran, Tennessee, which Tennessee playing this conference. I mean, all of those Tennessee versus NFC West games are going to be must see TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have them losing to Green Bay. I actually have them getting swept by the Niners. I, I love the way we play them. Mm-hmm. Um, splitting against Seattle, losing to the Rams. Yeah, I, I I can't see more than nine wins. I can't. You know, I, I do like the team. I just yeah. I, that schedule is, is is a little brutal. And I, I agree with you. The other tough game here, and Butchell is going to be so happy somewhere. But uh, at Chicago in December, I think is definitely a tough game because Chicago is not an easy place to play in the winter. So I think a, a warm team like the Cardinals could struggle there. Um, but I also give you 10 and seven. Uh, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there, Corey. Uh, are you a little surprised that uh, Henry's a little more down? I mean, still nine and eight, still not that bad, given this how bad, how good this division is. Now, Henry's been drinking that haterade. It's like coming on Dong City as a Red Sox fan. <laughs> None of the Red Sox fans want to come on Dong City. Because <laughs> you're a hater. <laughs> no, I, I just I can't see double digit wins. I just that that schedule is rough, man. Oh, man. It is tough. Uh, but as Corey said, this is the year of Kyler. So if like, Kyler look at weeks four through six, the Rams, the Niners, and the and the Browns. That's rough. Yeah. Two and three. Oh. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I think you, you might be able to win at home against the Niners. That's the only time. And that may be. And I don't even know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Then you have look, – look at the, the three stretches: Seattle, Chicago, like you said, Chicago in December, and then the Rams. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's – you got some tough stretches there. I agree with you. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, Kyler is – if he could take a leap, yeah, I could see 10 and 7, and, you know, they'll be in the wild card hunt. For the so, yeah. Um, how quickly, by the way – do we think J.J. Watt is hurt? Because <laughs> I think he's played a full season since 2018. Maybe it's 2019. I don't know. Either the Rams game or the Niners game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we, week five because the Rams are dirty as fuck. <laughs> we always have a player injured against the Rams. Always. Or, or he can look at Nick Bosa and just pass the torch. So we could wait till week five. He could just pass the torch <laughs> to Nick Bosa. I'm like, yo. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. The, the Cardinals are super interesting. I think they're going to be so fun to watch. Uh, they're going to put up a ton of points. And uh, I, I, I mean, I love this. I mean, I, I can watch any team in this division every week. I, I really do think every team is pretty solid. Uh, but the Cardinals, the, their style and the way they play offensively um, will certainly be very watchable. And, I, you know, 
the Cardinals, by the way, did win the uh, ESPY for best play of the year last year. It was the Hail Mary to Hopkins. So they're going to put up interest. They are going to have a lot of uh, top 10 type plays like that. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be behind a lot of them probably. So, yeah. All right. Arizona Cardinals in the books, Corey, you're going to stick around and talk about the rest of the division, right? Yeah. All right. Love that. Um, well, we're not going to just have Henry come on and not end with his team. So we got to save the San Francisco 49ers for the end of the podcast. Yes. So that means it is time to go with what I think is one of the NFC favorites. Uh, and I think you guys are probably going to disagree with me, but uh, I think the Rams are the second best team in the conference, if not the best team. And the Niners could be right there, Henry. I'm not, I'm not nothing against the Niners. The Niners, uh, I'll get to my concerns about them in a bit. In a bit. But uh, the big thing in the offseason for the Rams is they uh, got rid of their biggest problem. <laughs> and that was a Jared Goff problem. They traded Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford, the veteran quarterback from the Detroit Lions. And, you know, the gap between Stafford and Goff, I think, is pretty large. Yeah. Um, but now I'm going to throw it to you, Henry, and say, how do you think it's uh, Stafford is that much of an improvement over Jared Goff? Leaps and bounds. I think there's games. I think if you put Stafford on the Rams last year, they're right there. I mean, they're right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Goff has regressed, man, every year since that Super Bowl. Every year he's regressed so much. Mm-hmm. It ain't a McVay issue. I, I, you know, I, I like the head coach. I love him a lot, but I, maybe Goff just isn't that guy. He's not who we thought he was. <laughs> um, I love Stafford. I, I thought Stafford to the Niners was a perfect marriage. Um, it didn't happen. Um, the last thing we needed is another fucking quarterback in our division to give mm-hmm. us fits. He presents fits in a very different way than Kyler and Russ, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think we match up well with them. You know, I think the way we play zone and the way we play defense, I think we can match up well. Uh, he's not going to scramble. So if we if we can beat that line and we can get to the quarterback, you're going to see him take a lot of sacks. Um, but if, if he's go if he's ready to go and that man's going to throw, he's he's still got it, man. He's got about four or five years and maybe more. So mm-hmm. he's he's still you know a top ten quarterback. If I had to just you know pick a off the top of my head, he's still top ten, and I still worry about him. Yeah, he has the reputation of getting the Stat Padford name, but I'll, I mean, he's on the Detroit Lions, so I mean, I don't know what really the expectations were. He probably was more the, impressive the, because he was on the Lions. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I mean, he had Calvin Johnson for a lot of that, but that's he was number one overall pick after the Lions went 0 and 16 in a season, and he's been uh, everything they could have asked for on a franchise quarterback, but they could not, uh, you know, put a team around him to compete and, and make playoff runs and stuff. This is the first time Stafford's in a situation to win, I think. And I think he's got the great, a great coach for it. He's got talent around him. He's got a good offensive line, uh, and he's got a good defense. Um, Corey, I, 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 Matt Stafford, I know that our friend Leon Tompkins always said, you know, the Lions are going to be a top-five offense. A big part of that was going to because of Matt Stafford, and I think now uh, Stafford's in a, the best possible situation he's ever been in to succeed at this point. Did I lose you, Corey Decker? Corey, looks like we lost Corey for the time being. Anyway, yeah, we lost him. It's okay. Well, we we, we ditched the Cardinals, and he's it's a Cardinal L. It's another Cardinal L. It's just like I said, <laughs> nine, nine, nine and eight for the Cardinals. <laughs> there you go, nine and eight. We agree. See, <laughs> no, Corey just chatted us saying he's having some technical difficulties. So I will on. say though, uh, just similar to Seattle, Stafford goes down. Yep. Which there's a lot of pass rushes in this division. Stafford goes down, it's a wrap. John Walford ain't getting it done, brother. 
Wofford, which is crazy because Wofford came in in the playoff game and, and and actually did okay. Yeah, I but, get it, but you're not. No, giving, I know, I know. It's it's a big gap. You're absolutely. not giving the keys to that Ferrari to that driver. No, no, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Uh, looks like Corey Decker's back. You got me, man. Yeah, yeah. I think my internet just cut out for a little bit. And for that, we docked another win off the Cardinals, so they're going nine and eight now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to get your thoughts on Matt Stafford now. I think he's in the best situation he's ever been in to succeed this year. I wanted to see what you thought on him and the Rams. This this is the best move of the offseason for any team because there is there is no more of an underrated handicap than Jared Goff to Sean McVay. <laughs> and part of the reason – is because it's something that you said a while ago, Randy. It's like that episode where SpongeBob's trying to learn his driver's license and Patrick is way over giving him tips. Yep. <laughs> that, that's, that's Sean McVay to Jared Goff. Holy every, shit. Every single pass play had to be out of a bootleg for this yeah. prissy little bitch from California, Jared Goff. He <laughs> couldn't do anything in the pocket. I'm surprised that they won as much as they did because that was a horrible marriage. Now, with McVay having a quarterback that can actually read defenses and think for himself, this is your NFC West champions. For those who don't know, that was probably the best reference I ever made on this show or I compared Jared Goff to that episode of Spongebob where uh, he has the uh, the walkie-talkie in his head being told what to do in his driver's test every step of the way because honestly that's what happened with Jared Goff and Sean McVay. They would go, all right, point out the mic. Okay, uh, now put this guy in motion. Okay, now lift your left leg. Uh, okay, now hike the ball. And then, the, and then at that point, you got to hope he made the right decision because yeah. your sunset cuts out. But McVay was literally guiding him through every step. It was pretty crazy. That, like, I, I will yeah. say that this division is littered with really, really good to, to great coaches. Absolutely. And I'm not looking forward to seeing what Stafford allows McVay to open up. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited to watch it because I do think the Rams uh, with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods on the outside making plays, those are very underrated receivers that they have. may not be true number ones, but I think they work for what the Rams do. The injury to Cam Akers, who tore his Achilles last week, is I think a big blow, but Daryl Henderson's going to come in and probably make a big impact. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the running back market at some point to get one, but we'll see. Nope, we have them all. Uh, Huh? We have them all. You have them all, yeah. The Niners have them. All. <laughs> yeah. um, Tyler Higby at tight end, I like. Um, I the like offensive line is still really good for the Rams too, which I think is you know obviously so important. But that the thing with the Rams is that they have high end talent, and you know it's high end talent in a way that's even more elite than what the Seahawks have. Um, I'm talking two guys on the defensive side of the ball in particular. You have the best player in all of football, in my opinion, Aaron Donald, uh, and then you have Jalen Ramsey, the best corner in football. Um, these two guys elevate the guys around them and then you look at the defensive roster and be like okay Leonard Floyd is okay but I think in general playing next to Aaron Donald makes him look better um, Jordan Fuller is a, is a decent player and Terrell Burgess is an interesting player but overall 
these all are guys who are benefiting from the fact that they play with two of the best defensive players in the entire sport. Um, and I don't love the whole defensive roster, but I do love those two guys in particular. Um, and I think Matthew Stafford, like you said, Henry is a top 10 quarterback. I think Cooper Cup and Robert Wood, while not elite wide receivers, underrated receivers. And I think the offensive line is an entire unit is top 10. So I look at the Rams and go, all right, well, the high end talent is there. Maybe not the rest of the roster, but I think the high-end talent is good enough to carry them to a division title. Now, Henry, you look at the roster here. Uh, I know you probably don't love it, right? I mean, it's just it's Donald and Ramsey so, and Stafford, and then what? <laughs> no, no, I, I I get it. There, there's a lot of really good pieces. Yeah. I think losing Cam Akers is huge. I mean, it, it, it's bigger than you guys are even saying right. because they have Darrell Henderson Jr. as their backup, who is right. now going to be their running back one. And he's already got an injury plus next to his name. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think losing Cam Akers takes a lot away from that offense. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. I like Cooper Cup. I like Deshaun Jackson. I like Robert Woods. None of those guys are number one guys. Those no. are all nice complimentary guys. So now you're probably going to ask Stafford to do more, which means you're going to lean on those guys more. And I don't know that those guys are, are, are capable of handling the – the amount of passes that are about to be thrown their way without Cam Akers in. I, I uh, this is why I think they're going to make it a move at running back somewhere along they the have line to. because, yeah, and the problem with them making a move at running back is that they don't have first round picks for a couple of years. They, they used a ton of them on the Jalen Ramsey deal and on the Matt Stafford deal, so they you know don't have a ton to work with there. But I, in general, I think running backs. Uh, I think you can make running backs work. I've never been a big running back guy. Your boy Raheem Mostert, who's the projected starter on your team, was an undrafted undrafted free agent. So yeah, but uh, you find this, the, right the guy scheme the scheme has to match the players. That, that's and, exactly and I don't right. think that 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 that's they have a scheme right now that will match Darrell Henderson Jr. being a really good running back in this league. I, I do think you need a guy who's more of a pass catcher because I think Henderson's a burner. Um, and, and I think that he's going to have a ton of value on this team. But I think Akers was more of that three down guy who could catch screens on the backfield and block for you. Yep. Because running back blocking is something that we never talk about on the show, but it's so important. Uh, Henderson is definitely not that guy, him being uh, undersized. But Henry, uh, not Henry, Corey, you look at the roster here. Um, outside of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and like some of the other guys we already talked about, what are some of the other concerns you have for the Rams at this point? I mean, I don't have I don't have very many. I've got to pull up the roster myself. I just got off work, so I'm a little behind. Well, that's okay. Um, while, you're, while you're doing that, I'll just mention in the comments, Emmanuel Davila said, bring Todd Gurley back. And I think there was already speculation of that, but I think Todd Gurley is pretty washed at this point. Yeah. So I don't know if there's even mutual interest in doing that uh, as of now. So. Um, It'd be a nice yeah, story, but I don't know how effective it'll be. He was not good for the, the Falcons last year, and uh, it didn't end well with the Rams. So I, I, at maybe a one down back. It, it, it's not. Yeah. Durability be is more interested in uh, Adrian Peterson for them, honestly. Yeah. That'd be nice. What are they going to give up? Yeah, I know. The, the, I mean, you have to see what the, you know, you always get cuts in camp too. So you could, a guy like that could get cut off of the Lions. That's uh, where they're going to, yeah, they're probably going on that route. And, yeah. I look at even like I said that receiving core it's not impressive I do like the Deshaun Jackson addition for them because he's just going to be the slot guy who runs deep every play um I kind of think you're underrating Cooper Cup Robert Woods a little bit they do have great hands I really do like both of those guys Cooper Cup's injury history worries me a little bit I like all three as slot guys yeah you're right I'm with Henry the offense they run I think that it, it works we'll see what's up Corey 
No, I, I, I agree with Henry on that. I, I think that they're all glorified slot guys. There's there's not there's not a receiver on the Rams that you could put up against another team's best corner and guarantee a win on most targets. He just doesn't exist. I think you guys need to watch some more Cooper Cup out of the woods. I like are- no no, I like I like them. I just don't think they're number one guys. <laughs> I'm not saying they're DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I'm not saying no, nobody's DeAndre Hopkins. I look. I yeah. think DeAndre Hopkins put that best wide receiver shit to rest years ago when everybody was on Odell's dick, and then they jumped over to everyone else's dick, and then DeAndre Hopkins was just that guy doing it year after year after year. So I don't even think there's a debate anymore. No, no. But and we're gonna talk about the Niners. Like I think they're much better than what the Niners have a receiver right oh, now. I totally like, disagree. I, I mean, I, I do think they're a lot better than what the, if they, you have them, these two on the Niners. You, my tight end is the, would be the best receiver on yes. there. Well, we're talking receivers. We're not talking about. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just, my, <laughs> my tight end could line up and be wide receiver number one for them. I agree. He's the number one receiver for you. <laughs> nope. Niners, Niners have built up their wide receiving core. We'll get to them. Yeah, we'll get to that. Anyway. The last thing I want to touch on, and I'll bring up the schedule too before we do predictions, but we talked about Sean McVay um, a lot. But he, Corey, you said that the, the Cardinals haven't beaten Sean McVay. And Henry, you said how you know you love Sean McVay as a coach. This is his time now. Like he made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I, I, I think obviously that the Rams got bailed out by the, the refs a little bit in that NFC title game. And obviously they didn't show up. They scored three points against the Patriots. But I think now you're going to see Sean McVay turn himself into. Uh, and he not even turn himself into, but you're going to see now him be established as a top three coach in the sport. I, I think now is the time with Stafford. He has an, an established veteran quarterback. The, this is the time for the Rams. I think McVay has to come through. And if they're not going to make the Super Bowl this year, I think maybe if they don't beat the Bucks or the Niners or whatever, they at least make the final four. Um, I want to see that from the Rams this year. And I want to see McVay uh, continue to do what he did, but also take it to the next level. And like we talk, we've talked about the roster flaws and everything. Now is the time for McVay to go, I'm the man here. I'm going to make this work the best way I possibly can. Henry, you, you said, you, you know, this division's littered with, with great coaches and it obviously is. You can, Consider McVay the best one, or are you still sticking by your no, guy Shanahan? I, I think Shanahan. I, I've seen it with my own eyes. I think he's just absolutely okay. – I love McVay, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, and Pete Carroll is Pete Carroll. He's still a douchebag, but he's a very good coach. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like okay. McVay a lot. Just keep him um, off hard knocks, please. Keep, Please keep him oh, yeah. hard knocks. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God that's, that's not a thing. We get the Cowboys this year. I, hard I will say I am told if, if hard knocks was ever tailored for a team and a person, it is the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry yeah. Jones. It's it's the show made for them. We might as well just make it their show. Absolutely. They, you should just follow them every freaking season. Yeah, I agree. Um, but – I, I like Shanahan. I mean, Shanahan is a damn good coach, but he has had only just one winning season with the Niners to this point. Oh, I know you can say injuries. I know the injuries have been a main concern there, but I think you have to take that into consideration. McVay has had the Rams relevant every single year that he's been there. I, I think that's very important. But, with Jared Goff, mind but you. But like, they've regressed a ton. Yeah, but Jared Goff is the main reason why. Um, well, well, we'll see. I mean, I think and it was Jared Goff anyway. But – all right, Corey. Sean McVay. I mean, you, you flop him and Cliff Kingsbury. We might be talking about the Cardinals making a deep run here. Uh, I, <laughs> I think McVay. I think the world of McVay. What do you What do you think of McVay? I mean, what is it? Five years now for McVay in the Rams. Yeah. He's had a hell of a career so far. Yeah, and 
before I say everything that I want to say, I just want to say that I despise the Rams, and it really kills me to say this. But, yeah, Sean McVay is definitely the second best coach in this division behind Shanahan. Okay. And part of the reason why I say that is because he's got a lot of – Sean McVay has had a lot of talent coming in. And, you know, he's, he's a very excellent coach with his guys. I give Shanahan the edge because Shanahan has done a lot more with less than Sean McVay has. Okay. I mean, the injuries with the, with the Niners have been massive, obviously with Jimmy G in the first year, um, last year with Jimmy G as well. And and Nick Bosa going down didn't help anything either. And I think, you know, Kyle Shanahan is is a great coach. It's nothing against him. I just think the world of Sean McVay. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. So pulling up the Rams coach, uh, the Rams schedule now, and I, this one was also pretty difficult, which I was surprised about, but um they, this is on their Facebook page, their cover photo. Um, the first three there being preseason games. But look, they get some uh, interesting games. Uh, they go to the East Coast a few times, and that's, uh, you know, at Baltimore, at the Giants. Uh, you know, I don't love those. And they have to go to Green Bay, which is always a tough place to play. Um, but, you know, that, they get the same gifts that uh, the rest of the division gets with the Texans and the uh, AFC South in general. But the other games that they get that the other teams don't have to play are uh, the Bucks, I believe, is that team, right? You guys don't have to play the Bucks and the yeah. Giants and the Giants. So uh, I wanted to play the Giants this year so bad, <laughs> only because yet. I think I'm going to take a trip to San Fran and watch a game finally, which I had planned last year. Okay. Gotcha. And then, you know, we were coming here to play the Jets and the Giants and the Eagles, and I was going to go to all three games and yep. in COVID. Stupid COVID. Uh, it looks like they also have the Ravens. So I don't like that matchup for them. I, I, yeah, the at Baltimore is also a game I don't love for them. <laughs> anyway, um, you look at the schedule, and I, we've, we obviously talked a ton about the Rams and what we like and what we don't like and the coaching and the quarterback. Um, you know, I expected to come into this and say that they're going to win 12 games, um, 12 and five. I think they'll take care of business to that point, but it's a, it's a hard schedule. So I don't know if they walk out of the season with just five losses. Um, to me, if I look at this, I would say the, um, bucks could be their loss. I would say they'll split against the Niners, um, and maybe against the Seahawks. Uh, so that's three. I th- I'd say they lose at Lambeau. That's four. And then uh, at Baltimore is five. So yeah, maybe it is 12 and five is the right, right call for them, but um, I could absolutely see them go 11 and six. So uh, Henry, you look at the schedule. What do you think? I have them winning 11 games um, okay. and just because it's a, it's a really tight schedule. And I think these two, you know, these um, NFC West teams are just going to beat up on one another. Sure. You know, but I don't like that matchup at Baltimore for some reason. I, I don't know why when I saw their schedule, that just jumped out at me. I don't like that matchup for them at all. I think they absolutely smoke the Giants. And since I'm in New York and there's a shitload of annoying Giants fans, I'm going to thoroughly enjoy going to the bar and watching all the Giant fans cry like little bitches when the Rams <laughs> whoop their ass. I'm going to enjoy that one. <laughs> But they're going to get a nice bounce back. They're going to, they'll beat the Detroit Lions. Let me see. I have them winning a stretch of like one, two, three, four, five games in a row. I think weeks 13 through seven, uh, 16. I mean, I have them pegged for 11 wins. I love that Chargers matchup, by the way. 
but I think that's, they win. That's preseason, my guy. Is that okay? That's preseason. Yeah. But there are some people who think we could get an all LA Super Bowl. So it could be Chargers Rams. I, I believe that when I see it. But that would, that would be interesting in SoFi. And it is in SoFi, the Super Bowl this year, by the way. So every Super Bowl should be in SoFi. <laughs> I think it's going to head that way. <laughs> uh, I don't think Jerry Jones paid as much money as he did for his stadium to not get any Super Bowls. But uh, I think you're going to see a lot of them in SoFi. But Just give me more Jerry Jones or hard knocks. That's all I want. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna get it next week, uh, Corey. You look at the schedule. I know we kind of just overlooked your Cardinals here, but uh, I kind of feel like the Rams are gonna give the Cardinals fits. Um, you know, to 12, 11 win range. Do you think it's gonna be less or more than that? I think it's. I think about 12, 12 wins is good. I I don't think they lose the game until they play Tennessee. Um, I see sweeps of the Seahawks and the Cardinals in the division. I see them splitting with the Niners. And I see a I see a loss to Baltimore, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I have them at about twelve wins and taking the division. Yeah, I think twelve and five is right in the sweet sweet spot for them. And you know, maybe they they lose another game somewhere along the way. Maybe Seahawks uh, beat them. Uh, maybe. You know, hey, in New York, you never know. Maybe, maybe the Giants give them a little trouble. I think the Giants will be super competitive this year. I'm not saying they'll win, but they 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 held the, the Rams in check last year. They only lost that game by a touchdown. But, I tell you what, uh, I love I love watching all football games, right? Yeah. But Rams Niners, Rams Green Bay, Rams Tennessee, those three in a row, that's brutal. It's going to be great TV. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. those are. Uh, going to be tough matchups for them and i and i think you know the rams being on their schedules too is not ideal actually i look at look at the december games uh you have the seahawks the vikings and baltimore and the niners four in a row that that's tough man i got I them think, at 11 and 6 i mean you even throw the cardinals in there before that i mean that's it's not true. an easy back end of the schedule there so 12 wins uh you know 12 11 wins i think we all agree i, I do think that they uh could win the NFC West. We'll see what I think of the Niners after I pull their schedule up here. But the Rams can win them. the NFC West, and the Rams can win it all. I mean, and the team is stacked. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, mean, uh, I fully expect. You know, I, I expected to come on and make this. You know, adamant proclamation that the Rams and the Bucks were going to play in the NFC title game. Now I'm like going to temper those expectations a little bit. I just want to see what, the, what I think of the Niners, and I, I have an idea of what I think of the Niners, but the Niners really need to stay healthy. And we're going to talk about the Niners right now, Henry. It's your time to shine. It only took us until 8.03 to get to the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> so uh, not the worst time of ever here. Um, the NFC East episodes always go longer. So uh, this is not <laughs> too bad here. Why, All right. Why Why does the NFC East go longer? Who did you have on? Uh, this, I've never <laughs> heard of him. Vince Mercandetti is Italian. You have Vince on uh, to talk about the Giants and make every excuse in the fucking book for the Giants. How long did you think that show was going to go? <laughs> the crazy thing is, it's just me and Vince. There's no Matt either. So he's still me, If you had Matt, it would have been a wrap. Forget it. We oh, yeah, yeah, forget a four, it. five-hour show. <laughs> it would have been longer than the draft show. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, um, anyone who's been watching our show from the beginning knows in our first Super Bowl special when it was the Niners and Chiefs have seen this, but Henry, I just wanted to show you, give your boy a little shout out here. The only non Giants football jersey I have is this Jerry Rice jersey. Uh, growing up, that to me. I can throw it up right there. Feel free to send yeah. it. To me. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, it's not authentic though, so I don't know if you'll really want it. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Jerry Rice. And LT are the two greatest players of all time to me. Anyway, that, that's a far cry from the current state of the 49ers. And it's interesting because I said I, I used this 
projected starters as my guy here a lot of the times with the rosters. They have Trey Lance as the projected starter at quarterback for the Niners. And I don't think I agree with that. I think the Niners are going to throw Jimmy G out there for, I don't know how long, but uh, you know, Henry, the quarterback situation has now become interesting in San Francisco. Is it just going to be until Jimmy G inevitably gets hurt or is there a plan here to ease Trey Lance? In? That, you, you nailed it. That, that's the, that's the Jimmy G problem. The Jimmy G problem is not production. It's health. You know, I was shitting on Jimmy G every game last week. Then you realize he has the foot issue. Then they brought him back too soon and he hurt the same foot. Couldn't throw off. He couldn't push off of it. He's just, he's not making those throws because he can't push off that foot, which I get. I'm okay with Jimmy G. Jimmy G took this team to the Super Bowl and say what you want about the defense and the running game. Jimmy G made plays to get to the Super Bowl. There was a lot of plays he had to make in order to get there. And he did. Now, you know what I'm going to say. If he made one play, very different. (laughs) Manuel fucking Sanders wide open. You got to make that throw. If he makes that throw, this is a very different thing we're talking about. But Jimmy G's 23, 24 million on the books. I think if Trey is doing his thing behind the scenes and he's getting snaps with, you know, the first squad and, and practice and he's looking good, you may see Trey Lance. Maybe in the middle of the year, the problem with that is that this team is stacked. And if the Niners are healthy, they're going to present a major problem. And you can't give those keys to a Trey Lance unless you're sure. Well, I, the good thing is, is I don't trust too many coaches more than I trust Kyle Shanahan with that. Um, he'll know. Uh, I think he'll know pretty early. He might know now. I don't know. Um, but the key word there with your with your Jimmy G assessment is, uh, is if. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately for you, he did not hit Emmanuel Sanders wide open and uh, it essentially cost you a Super Bowl. So um, I, I, I think how shit has been you. waiting to have be popped for years brother years i've been waiting to crack this shit i'm so glad it didn't get cracked because that bang bang niner gang shit was the worst i would be so so happy oh insufferable i would be oh i know you were insufferable (laughs) when you lost even i I couldn't imagine (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i will say we you know i've been talking about backup quarterbacks all year it's hilarious that trey lance is the best backup quarterback in the division It is. I mean, you, you spend number three overall on him, so um, it makes sense. But I think the Jimmy G thing is you're paying him a ton of money. He hasn't really been. No, helping. no, he's not being paid a ton of money. Well, at the time, no, not compared to the amount of money, which is why we're able to make some of the moves we made. You're, that's fair. He's making a good amount of money. I would say it's enough to where you should have to start him at the beginning of the season. Um, and I think you, the part of this is like, you want Trey Lance in there, but let's throw Jimmy G out there for a month. If he plays well, let's see if a team needs a quarterback and let's make a deal. And then maybe you guys can get a first round pick or get a player and you might need. Um, I don't know what the Jimmy G value is at this point, but I think if he plays well, that might make some other teams a little bit more interested. Um, Corey, I think this quarterback situation um, is interesting. I don't want, I don't want to say it's the, the best one in the division. I just think that Kyler and Russ and, and Matt Stafford in general are all better than what the Niners have. But as Henry said, it's the best backup situation in the division. And it really depends on what you think of Trey Lance. But, uh, you know, when do you think Trey Lance is getting phased in here? I, 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 is, it, is it just as simple as when Jimmy G gets hurt? Because that's kind, of that kind of what it feels like. I think it's as simple as that. I think if the Niners are winning, and the Niners are you know, doing what they can do if they're healthy. There's no reason to rock the apple cart. There's just not. You know, having your guys sit as long as possible learning from a guy and just letting him see and letting him get that taste. There's no reason. There's no rush to bring him. There's no rush to bring him up unless there's an injury. So if, if the Niners are winning and they're steamrolling teams the way they should be, 
I, I can't see a situation where he's in there unless it's injury or production. And if it's production, that means the Niners are going to suck. And that's then do you really throw them to the wolves because you'll start seeing trade so they can, you know, get some uh, some salary cap relief and, and add numbers to next year and load up. And you'll see Jimmy G traded probably. But yeah, if 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 uh, Trey's on this team starting, it's because of it, it should be because of an injury. Yeah, Corey, what do you make of the quarterback room here? Um, you know, oh, sorry. Um, I feel like this is the only team ever that I've ever seen where now this is going to be a bit controversial, where the quarterback isn't as important as the rest of the squad. I feel like the Niners are a death by a thousand cuts team. I feel like their strength is in their running back and their wide receivers like Brandon Ayuk, that's fast as fuck. I think that, like Henry said, Lance is only coming in if G- Jimmy G gets injured and, you know, probably the first time he meets Aaron Donald this might be when that happened because the Rams <laughs> are dirty as fuck. <laughs> but I don't really see, like, I'm a, I'm, I was a big Trey Lance person I feel like he went into the absolute best situation because with how good the Niners running attack running attack is, you really only need their quarterback to make a couple of more important throws throughout the game, such as Emmanuel Sanders wide open in the Super Bowl. Motherfucker. Yeah. That's <laughs> for uh, cutting me off. <laughs> the only the only thing about that is that the Niners were rolling out who last year quarterback, Henry? <laughs> Bro, I don't even want to talk uh, about it. Nick Mullins, <laughs> uh, <laughs> CJ Beathard, Bethard, my guy. Um, anyway, Jimmy G makes them a, from a six to ten team to at the very least a five hundred team, and that they are at least. I mean, you're you're talking about. I don't even love Jimmy G, but a competent quarterback in that situation elevates them so much more. The George Kittle injury also killed them last year. Uh, the Nick Bosa injury also killed them last year. You're seeing a trend here, Henry. I don't need to explain Trent Williams. You. The injury health concerns are the biggest issue with this team coming into this year. Absolutely. Uh, every, injuries was the issue. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. And sometimes you just laugh and you're like, yo, every time you, I'm watching the TV, I go away and, oh, there's a 49er down. I'm like, what the fuck? We don't even – third string guys were getting hurt. Fourth string guys were getting hurt. At one point, our kickers got hurt. Like, come on, everyone was getting hurt. I do love the the Trent Williams uh, resign. I think that was huge. I think the way they maneuvered the cap was masterful. That's something that rarely goes talked about in the leagues anymore. You know, you have guys that are not football guys that are just numbers guys, and their job is to man- make that cap work. I don't know how the fuck the Niners did it, but they made it work. You know, they they move things around, they change deals up, and they they put a lot of money on the table that they could resign Williams. I was shocked when he got that deal. Backloaded like crazy. Backloaded like the Max Scherzer special. Yeah, the Chiefs did that too just last season. So, but I, I mean, look, something no one talks about in the draft, which I absolutely love, is that Trey Sherman pick. Mm. I love that pick, and I think having him behind Mostert, I think eventually Sermon is the guy that ultimately takes over as a you know RB number one there. So I, I love that pick in the third round. Um, I love the Niners here. I'm, I looked at their schedule. We signed, we re-signed Kyle Juszczyk, which I don't know how many teams actually use a fullback. We okay. use them. We use them creatively. I love this team. Alex Mack at center. I'm not crazy there. You know, center was a problem for us, but we'll see what we can do. 
well, he's Other a vet. That, That'll help, I would say. Huh? He's a vet. I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he can't be worse than, than what we had last year. But I know you you're not big on 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 our wide receiving core, but I absolutely love our I mean, you've heard me for years say that the Niners needed a home run guy, a home run guy. Mm-hmm. They've drafted Debo, they drafted Brandon Ayuk, and these guys make plays like they're not supposed to be making. They're just they make backyard football plays. Yeah. And and one thing about Kyle Shanahan is what I've seen it over and over and over. The adjustments he makes, something's not working, he throws it away, he goes to something else. I've seen that adjustment. I've seen the game plan change week to week to week. And I love my coach. We could win by fucking running it down your throats one week, and then Jimmy is throwing 40 times the next week, and then we're running it again. Shanahan makes a ton of adjustments, and I absolutely love my coach. Jeff Wilson Jr. is the fourth running back on this depth chart. Fourth. And he had, what, two, three touchdown games yeah, last he, year? He a lot, a ton of, of, of big runs for us. So a healthy Kittle, healthy running back, healthy Jimmy, hopefully. Uh, this team is hungry again, man. Richie James, come on. So this is this is the thing. So, like, I look at the, the Niners offense. I love Mostert. I'm a big don't draft running back guy. So I love him automatically there. And he runs hard. He runs like his next down isn't going to happen. And I, I, I player in the league. I like Kyle. I like uh, Brandon Ayuk. I should say a lot, but to me, he's a number two. And Debo Samuel is a glorified running back. Like most of his touches comes on sweeps. I love it, and it works. I know, but he's not really a receiver. He he's like a gimmick guy almost. So, I don't know. you know what Debo reminds me of? He reminds me of Tory Smith. Okay. With 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 the running back elements to him, that he's good for those big plays. Uh, Tory Smith was really fast. I don't know if Debo has that kind of speed. Debo's we'll fast, see. brother. Debo was fast. Okay. To me, the whole offense really comes down to your healthy quarterback play and George Kittle. Losing George Kittle was absolutely massive, and I said he was a top five player in the entire sport last offseason, and it kind of showed uh, the rest of the offense. Because not only is he there as a pass catcher, he's also there as a blocker, and he impacts the running game. And he is the go-to guy in the pass game. George Kittle is one of the most impactful offensive players in the entire league, and it's not, and it's not even up for debate. The offensive line I absolutely love. Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey are both of the top two uh, blocking tackles, pass blocking and running blocking tackles that you can possibly have. Those guys are elite. Uh, Lake and Tomlinson is fine at guard, and then like you said, Alex Mack is 35 years old now, but still uh, as much as an upgrade to what you had last year. Yes, it was. So injury concerns uh, aside, offensively, um, I think you're set. Um, I don't love the receivers, but whatever. They're fine with Kittle there. You don't like Mohamed Sanu? No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, Defensively, injuries also kind of plagued them, and mainly it's Nick Bosa. So if you get Nick Bosa back, uh, all of a sudden your defense looks super dynamic, and you get that elite pass rusher back, and you're going to show that he is a top three pass rusher in the league, if not maybe top five, I don't know, but still an elite pass rusher. Um, The other thing, news this week, uh, Fred Werner got a a massive contract. I believe he's now the highest paid middle linebacker in the sport. You have been saying for a long time Fred Werner is the best middle linebacker in the league, and now he's getting paid like it. So there you go. I think there's some secondary concerns. Uh, I like Jason Verrett, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, okay. Um, but then Jimmy Ward and Jaworski Tart. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Anyway, the secondary is probably the only thing of major concern. Uh, and then Eric Arden said as your other end, um, I think. I, you could- I think they bring back uh, Sherman. You think they bring back Sherman? I think so. Okay. Um, my, my biggest fear. Yeah. Is, and the biggest loss. You already know what it is. So. What's my biggest loss? 
Oh, um, is it Salah? Huh? Rob Salah. Rob Salah yeah. going to New York is a huge, huge loss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the you could see the impact he had on the sidelines too, and that's why we loved the hire for the Jets so much. Is that he's going to bring that same fire and same culture to the Jets? Um, so you know, he, he, the Niners definitely going to miss that. Who's who's the uh, the DC for them now? Nico Ryan's, which I absolutely love. Okay. So coach for the Niners under Salah, and they just brought him up, and and I love that because you you hope to think that you like to think that they keep the same scheme. It was working. Yeah. I think having a guy in house that these, a lot of these guys are already familiar with is huge. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, how did Kinlaw do in his rookie year? Cause I don't, I didn't think I heard a ton about him. No, he did good. He got hurt as well. I mean, <laughs> okay. he got hurt, right. but I, I'm excited for Javon. So the, the injuries remain the biggest concern here for the 49ers. Oh. Corey, you look at this roster. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. It If it's healthy, it's a damn good roster and one of the best ones in the entire league. Yeah, that's it, it's it's pretty stacked. I, I have it up right now. I think my favorite uh, player for the Niners is got to be Jason Barrett. I mean, I love that's him. that's a guy that doesn't give up. I remember uh, writing his draft profile you know, long time ago in, in his draft and he just he just has the right motor and everything and I'm really glad that he's getting a fair shot. He's healthy. Um, he's finally healthy. Finally. Yeah. And he's he's had that injury issue for his entire career and I hope that he's you know he got to learn from Sherman last year and I think Verrett is going to be primed to be one of the top corners in the league. Hmm. Um but looking at the roster the biggest loss to me I agree with Henry it's it's Robert Salah, you know, it's, it's their leader. Yes. They brought someone up within the organization, but they're still having to have that grace period of learning how to communicate with, with their new coach. There's, there's still going to be a little bit of that hump that you get over kind of like when your coworker becomes your boss and you have to learn, you know, what you now can and can't say around them. I think that there's going to be a little adjustment period looking at the schedule for the Niners and I think that they start. I can pull it up, Corey, if you want. Okay. I I think that they start uh, Detroit's a guaranteed win and then they lose the next two just because they're having to learn their new coach and what he believes in. So, okay. That's fair. Um, but ultimately, they still have the same man at the head of the, the table here, and that's Kyle Shanahan. Uh, and Henry, I bring up the schedule here, and um, now Shanahan here with the roster. And I got to say, I really had doubts on the GM. Um, and, and, you know, I, I didn't love um, – why can't I think of his name anyway? Um, but he's really put together a hell of a roster here for Kyle Shanahan. And obviously the injuries have plagued you guys immensely uh, over the last few years. And obviously besides the one year you made the Super Bowl, what are the expectations here for Kyle Shanahan now in 2021, Henry? I mean, if he, if everyone's fully healthy, that's it's Super Bowl or bust. I mean, I think he's in that, you know, that category. John Lynch put together a monster squad. You know, he drafted well. His first two drafts got panned. He's drafted amazing since. You know, that he's picking up guys like Jalen Hurd, which if healthy can, you know, these are guys that impact guys. I, I love what, what Lynch is doing. I love what Shanahan is doing. But I think we, we made the Super Bowl and, and could have and should have won it. I think you, you got to at least get to the Super Bowl again. 
the big the big thing with the Niners is it's going to be health, and I, I understand any hesitancy to make any uh, adamant success predictions with them because of that. But it, I'm going to just operate as if they are healthy because that's not that's not fun to just assume. That's how we got it. We have to do that, right? Right. It's not going to be fun to assume they're going to be hurt, and it's the same thing I did with the Packers with Rogers. That's what I love about Randy. Randy doesn't hedge his bets. He doesn't give you <laughs> the Vince Merkin Daddy special. The I like this team, but I won't be surprised if this yeah. happens. No. <laughs> We're going to give it to you, Roy. And like you said, in order to make these predictions, you got to look at the rosters the way they should be built, and, and you're going to assume everyone is healthy. That's never the case, but it's the only way to do it. Right. I mean, any team could be really hurt at any given time. And with the Packers, I always said, I'm going to make these predictions assuming Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback because right. he is the quarterback until he's not. So I – I didn't, you know, anything other than that. So I'm going to do this as, uh, assuming here that, uh, you know, that the Niners are healthy. Corey, I'm going to start with you. This graphic messed me up because I thought it had the Cardinals in two yeah. weeks back to back, but the, the columns go up and uh, down and up instead of across. Um, but, hey, uh, the Niners, uh, look, healthy. I'm going to say, now you're going to say it, healthy, whatever. The Niners uh, have a similar schedule to the rest of the, the division, obviously. Uh, with the caveat that they play the Bengals and the Eagles are the team separately. Those are not tough matchups by any means. Corey, you look at the schedule. Um, what are your some, some of the predictions you have for this season for the Niners? Uh, I think 10 wins. I'm still not convinced on Jimmy G. I think the Rams are dirty as fuck. <laughs> so that's week 10 is one that you circle. Mm-hmm. Um, I see him sweeping Seattle. I see him splitting with Arizona. I see them losing to the Eagles and the Packers. But the rest of these games, I mean, especially week 11, I think that that's going to be like a 49 to 7 Niner blowout victory. Wow, no love for Trevor Lawrence. It's his first year. Like, I, I, I get it. He did fantastic in college, but the speed of the game is different, and he's still got to learn shit. This is a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast. I don't love that by any means. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just busting. All right. 10 wins. Corey, Corey got 10 wins there. Um, and really just picking on the Jags. I don't know. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at this and I, I think about how hard the division is. I, but I do think that they could win both against the, the Cardinals. And for some reason, I feel like Seattle plays them tough in Seattle. So I could see that being a split and I could see them splitting with the Rams as well. Outside of that, so that's what? Um, that's two losses in the division. That's four and two. That's pretty good. Outside of the division, the tough games are the Packers, which they get at home on Sunday Night Football Week 3, uh, at the Bears. I always would say at Chicago is tough, but that's Halloween night. That's not that cold yet at that time of year. Um, the Colts, I think, are pretty good, but getting them at home, also pretty nice. Um, and then there's not really a ton of other, like, brutal, brutal matchups for them here. So um, I think they're on par with the Rams, and I think that they go 12-5. and five. I just don't know where those other losses are coming from at the moment. So that's it. I, I have 12-5. and five. And, Henry, I'm going to toss it to you now and just say uh, don't get too homery on me with this. No, this- no. I, I literally – look, I try to do this, and we always have fun because even when the Niners sucked, I would always, you know, say we're going to go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, But you look at this schedule, and I have this – I'm just going to give this a number. I have this at 13-4. and four. Mm. And the four losses I have coming at at Seattle, I have a loss to the Cards, a loss to the Vikings, and a loss to the Titans. Everything else, I, I, we look, we own the Rams. As shitty as we were last year, 
we smacked the Rams around. The year before that, same thing. I'm going to say we sweep the Rams. So I have losses to the Titans, Seattle, the Vikings, and the Cards. Okay. And it's hard for me to say you're going to lose to the Packers because you already you we feel like more than any other team, you own the Packers. We own the <laughs> Packers until we lose. So you know how Vin says on Dog City, we own the Twins until we don't. Yep. We own the Packers until we don't. And we don't just beat them. We fucking blow them away and destroy them. This man right here has two NFL records against Green yeah. Bay. I'm yep. telling you, we until we don't own them, we own them. You lost 34 to 17 to them last year, though. Oh, come on. <laughs> we were injured last year in the same team. <laughs> Corey coming with the gun smoke. Jacob, you know it. What, what, what happened in the playoffs the year before that? Rogers choked, like always. Oh, that's, you know, there are three guarantees in life. Death, taxes, and Rogers blowing it in the NFC Championship. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I got us at 13-4, and four, and that's honestly where I think I, I don't see us losing to the Bengals. I don't see us losing to Houston. I, I don't see us. The Bears game scared me a little bit until I saw when it was. And just like Randy said, it's not that cold yet. <clears throat> the Minnesota game, I think that's a game we can easily take it a lot. Yeah. Um, and Tennessee, man, Tennessee is tough. Yeah, Tennessee's going to be uh, solid. I mean, they have weaknesses too. So Corey has us losing at Philly. I, I just, I can't see. Look, I'm not saying that's not a tough game, but it's early enough in the season, and they're a rebuilding team. So I don't know how good they're going to be early on. So, uh, all right. So Henry, thirteen to four. That means that the, the Niners would be winning the NFC West. And the Rams would be in the wild card, and um, we'll see how the rest of the wild card shakes out. But nonetheless, you get, I, I think you're going to have three playoff teams from this division, uh, and one of them is going to be in the final four, whether it be the Niners or the Rams. I agree. Same. All right. I, so, I will uh, say I am glad, very glad that we dodged Washington. Yeah, you got lucky. Because that team, Washington's that team gonna be defense damn is just straight up scary, bro. That's a field goal game. Niners and Washington, that's like a fucking 12, 15 game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of oh, yeah. want to see that. All right. I'm yeah. saying it. Now, maybe we will see it. Maybe you'll see it in the postseason. Who knows? Uh, it's totally possible. Uh, all right. Well, before we say goodbye, it's some big news happened yesterday. We just kind of touched on the guy uh, with the Packers talk, but Aaron Rodgers showing up to Lambeau Field today, reporting to camp in Green Bay. All that off-season drama, much to do about nothing. Uh, we talked a lot about it on draft night. Um, Henry, I feel like you're one of the bigger Aaron Rodgers haters that I know. Um, are you at, kind of shocked that Rodgers is back, or did you assume that was the case all along? He had no leverage here. Yeah. He, he literally had no leverage. His, his options were play or sit out. That's it. And Retired and hosted Jeopardy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> LeVar Burton got that on smash. <laughs> um, yeah. look, I, I, I am an Aaron Rodgers hater only because it's the Nolan Arenado thing, man. Guys are on his nuts. So I'm disrespectful to Aaron Rodgers that you compare him to I, now, Nolan Arenado. Oh now, my. now, I will say I think he's the most talented quarterback skill set wise that I've ever seen but he yeah. doesn't have those numbers that the other guys have. So he's not there yet. And then, yo, you, you can't, you can't deny what I always said, my man, <coughs> you know, 
yo, <laughs> for the choke job, man. It, whatever the situation is, he he can have monster numbers. He's gonna pull a choke job at some point. He tries to make a throw he's not supposed to make. Doesn't trust somebody. It, 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 I I'm not a hater, but you know. It is what it is. I'll give you the Seahawks title game. I'll say he choked in that one for sure. The Niners and the Falcons title games were not close games. They absolutely got the boat race by both of those teams. I don't know how that's a choke job. You're supposed to be the man, right? You're supposed yeah, but to be able to those score. Are, those are matchups where your roster is just not as good as the other team. And then last year, I, you can make the argument he choked there, but I think that's more on coaching than it is Rodgers. Brady threw three picks, and the rest of his team bailed him out. And no one talks about Brady choking because his team, Bay's team is loaded. They were loaded. That's a much better team. So I'm saying Rodgers doesn't have the team always around him to win. So that's all I'm saying is that Brady threw three picks, and they still won. If, Brady, if, if Rodgers threw three picks and lost, I would understand the argument what, more. What I don't like about this Rodgers thing is I think it, it opens a can of worms because they made special concessions to him. They actually waived that final year of the deal, which I'm shocked that was allowed to happen. Yeah, me too. Um, I really think this can open a can of worms for players. They can just wiggle out, create a, create chaos in the storm, and then behind doors say, yo, give me some concessions. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Corey, um, we, we talked about Rodgers a ton, and it was a big topic of conversation. Was he going to get traded? Was he going to retire? What was going to happen? And all this just for him to show back up in Lambeau Field today. Uh, are, you, are you shocked or what? I'll admit I'm a little bit shocked. I mean, because he he spent a lot of you know this this event, you know, talking about no, it's it, it's not the money, it's you know this other things. Exactly. Yeah, he he's he was a walking Pampers ad, like seriously, just. And then he shows up, you know, with what I what I argue to be an awesome shirt. Oh, it was great. Great. Like, <laughs> like with with the office. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man but i just i i take a look at that i think he's gonna do well but i feel like how do you exist as a player when the leader of your offense pulled that bullshit the entire offseason and you had to deal with all sorts of calls from reporters all sorts of stuff from people walking down the street oh do you know about rogers have you heard anything about rogers like David David Bakhtiari said something about it. Mm-hmm. Like they they do not like Rodgers in that in that locker room this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, I mean, they love that right arm. Yeah. But I will say one thing: I don't like that Rodgers did all the bitching and moaning, and he didn't get money. Rodgers didn't do the one thing that a lot of great quarterbacks have done time and time again. He never restructured his deal. Yeah. He cried about not having pieces, but he refused to restructure his deal to allow them to have more money to add to the team. So it goes sure. both ways. Yeah. I'll say that uh, Rodgers does have one ally, a pretty important one, Devontae Adams, probably the yeah. best player on the team, not named Aaron Rodgers. And they've been kind of critical of the organization together in the offseason. But, look, all this goes away when they start 4-0 and they run away with the division. And, you know, they, they can be mad at them all they want. But if they all want to win and get paid, Aaron Rodgers essentially helps that. So I just uh, – I love that it's the same Brett Favre situation now. Yep. You know, you get mad because they draft your replacement. And you you throw a fit. It's literally it's it's Rodgers and, and Favre all over again. 
Yeah, some small, tiny differences, but yes, in general, it's very similar, and it's kind of freaky how it worked that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think the Packers are going to be one of the best teams now in the NFC, and we'll see how that shakes out. But ultimately, I think they'll get over this whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers won't, but I think the team will. Um, all right, so that wraps it up for episode 67 of Football Life Presents the Audible. Um, Henry, you have Dong City tomorrow, right? Are you guys, are you guys back tomorrow? Yeah, we have Dong City tomorrow. Vince is going to take a – and now we're out of his vacation with his family to uh, to join us on Donk City. And, and we'll be bringing you a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, trade rumors, which goes on. I think Trey Turner, Joey said in the comment section, tested positive for COVID. So that's pretty big. So, yep, Donk City tomorrow. Yep. Uh, we have uh, all of these other podcasts under the Life Group umbrella. We have the work shoot with uh, Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks. Be sure to check that out on Thursdays over in Wrestling Life. Basketball Life is a step back. Our guys, Jacob Moses and Leon Tompkins, doing their thing. I think they went last night, even. I don't know if they're still doing Friday nights or not, but the finals are in the books. Giannis Atentacumpo solidifying himself as an all time great at that performance. Shout out to the Greek freak there. Um, the Total Bases podcast with Felipe Galicio and Sean Flannery on Sundays over baseball life get your fantasy baseball fix there um and then yeah uh next week uh football life presents the audible me and matt are taking a week-long hiatus matt's still on vacation and we're gonna wait to do the finale of the divisional recaps in the afc west you know matt loves him some kansas city chiefs so we're gonna save that for last and i can't do that without him so uh we're, we're gonna be doing that uh we're not gonna be back on the third that should be august 10th and then it'll be preseason talk and then we got a lot of other stuff to do we're gonna do some fantasy stuff too um, and maybe we'll guys have you guys back on as well before then. So, um, Corey, any uh, parting words for the audience before we say goodbye? The Rams are dirty as fuck. And uh, be sure to tune in next week or two weeks, two weeks. Uh, thank you, Corey, for that. You're going to have to have a tally of how many times you have uh, criticized the Rams for that all show. Um, but it's always a pleasure to have you on, Corey. It's always a great time. And uh, good luck to you and every everything in your going in your career there. And I know this is a show that you're hoping that it gets noticed. So we're pulling for you there. Um, and Henry, you know, it's always a great time. We get together and do these shows, my man. And anytime it's over in Donk City or it's over here, it's always, it's always a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to getting to see you again soon. And uh, again, like, uh, it's always a good time when I get to do this with you. So thank you. I will say real quick, who had the over on somebody else cursing more than me on the podcast? <laughs> uh, if you had that over, good job. You have a lot of more money now for that. So, all right. You know, Henry, you're my guy. I love you. Thank you for so much for joining us. And Very thank much. you guys all for joining us live on Facebook. The, particip- the participation was damn good today in the show, I thought, anyway. So we appreciate that. Thank you for watching on YouTube or any of the audio-only platforms. Wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening, thank you for making us just a small part of your day. I'm Randy Hammond on behalf of Henry Maldonado and Corey Decker saying see you guys soon. Take care.